Blog Talk Radio. Do you believe that America has become too politically correct? Von Wehunt speaks truth to power. Do you see the coming of our political and economic demise? Von Wehunt speaks bluntly about the need to correct America's course quickly. And now, broadcasting from the Eagle's Nest, a man who makes no excuses for putting America first. Here's your host, Von Wehunt the Barbarian. America. This is your Panzer Group leader broadcasting from my underground mountain studio in Bunker, deep in the forest, radio-free Western America, and the mountains of Arizona, surrounded by my troops, and I'm inside my wolf's lair. We are so glad you're here tonight, my friends. We have many new listeners, many powerful people listening to us tonight all over the country and the world. We have, again, another very big show for you planned tonight. This will be kind of an encore presentation, one of my traditional shows with lots of callers, hopefully. After the monologue, if you want to call in, you can dial 563-999-3437. We will do our ultimate best to get you on the air. Underground radio, channeling the spirit of underground radio from somewhere west of the Rockies. Guerrilla style radio is my favorite, as we are up against many powerful forces aligned against us. But we are pure energy. Never forget that. Now, I would say this. Those that burn the nation down and who terrorize the countryside with arson fires and assaults, have stirred up something very deep inside Americans that has laid dormant for quite some time. They have ignited our ruthless fire like never before. The torch is lit. We must prevail. Now, we all saw the debate with President Trump and Democrat candidate Joe Biden the very weak Democrat candidate. President Trump won hands down. No cigar for Joe Biden. It's that simple. Today we'll talk about that as well as many other things that are in the news. And um, there's a lot of talk about global food shortages that are starting to become very real around the world. Hopefully these will not come to America. U.S. grocery store chains are preparing, says, for the worst case scenarios. They say that a very serious global food crisis is coming our way. I implore all of you to stock up now while there's plenty of food available. The head of the U.N. World Food Program has repeatedly warned us 
and we would soon be facing famines of biblical proportions. And his predictions are now starting to become a reality in other parts of the world. There's now a hunger crisis in Latin America. As I speak, a new caravan is starting to emerge out of Honduras and through Guatemala on their way to the southern border of America. They're hungry, jobless, and there's tens of thousands, I'm sure, that will join them on this latest caravan to break into America. Unfortunately, in the world today, a resurgence of poverty is bringing a vicious wave of hunger in a region that was supposed to have mostly eradicated that kind of malnutrition decades ago. We are being told that food shortages are becoming acute from Mexico City all the way down to the southern tip of South America. And those that are the poorest are being hit the hardest, of course. And just know that when CNN starts admitting that more food shortages are coming, that is a sign that it is very late in the game for you to prepare. We told you on the show many times to prepare your home for anything that could be coming down the pike. My own compound has water, food, guns, ammo, survival skills and supplies, associations with lots of groups and people. Now, at the same time, unfortunately, as all this is going on, the caravan is marching tonight towards the American border. American farmers have been going bankrupt in staggering numbers during this downturn, and the federal assistance that was supposed to help them survive has mostly gone to large industrialized farms, not the family farm business, which is a very tragic mistake, in my opinion. Family farms in America have always been so critical to our great success as a nation. Get this, America. U.S. farm bankruptcies hit an eight-year high last year, and they are on a pace to go even higher this year. This should deeply alarm all of us because we are going to need as much food production as possible during the, the years to come. So stock up now while you can. In 2020, my God, this year has been incredible, hasn't it? We have just seen one major disaster after another all over the world and inside America. And many of these disasters have directly affected global food production, for example. There's also been historic flooding that has been going on in China for months now that is wiping out crops on a massive scale. You've not heard this anywhere on the news. That's why I've told you before that talk radio is your only true friend, America. Even the Chinese army cannot fight on an empty stomach, but China's having a major problem feeding their 1.2 billion people per day. For now, Americans in large part still have, thank God, plenty of food, and we should be very thankful for that. 
this coming Thanksgiving and really every day, not just that day. But everyone should be able to see that global conditions are rapidly changing in front of our face. And we should all be using this window of opportunity to prepare because, in my view, very, very challenging times are ahead of us. Now, during a debate in the British Parliament last week, the MP Tobias Elwood urged the Prime Minister to have the British Armed Forces oversee the COVID-19 vaccination rollout process, a very ominous development. They are saying that the military will help vaccinate Americans as well. So be on guard, America. They want to put a needle in you, probably designed by a Bill Gates task force or other deep state lab. I am not taking their vaccination. I don't trust it. I don't want it. I think it is all part of their plot against the world. And I'm usually right, by the way. This is our great time to live. We are taking back our country in the streets. We are armed. We are in the right wing of America. It's unbelievable what's happening. Everyone's talking about the debate. They're talking about, oh, it's so terrible that Trump and Biden had fights or talked over each other. They weren't civil. Personally, I like two gladiators in the ring fighting and duking it out for America. I like that a lot. What you're seeing on the debate stage is the real America, what's really going on in Washington, D.C. You're showing both sides fighting desperately for power and control over the nation. Why should we have a debate where everyone pretends to get along, where everyone pretends to be civil and structured and very calm? That's not how real life is. Real life is messy. Real life is what you saw on the debate stage. So this veneer that the political class wants you to see, they were very taken aback by how brazen and aggressive President Trump was. I just laughed at all their conjecture because what they're really saying is in the street translation They don't want you seeing the real Washington, D.C., America. They don't want you seeing how it really works, how it really is dysfunctional at times. They don't want you seeing that. So I'm glad that Trump was extremely aggressive during the debate. Biden was off his game. All Biden could do was mumble and be sarcastic, try to get some points in with some real lame kind of innuendo and little barbs he throw at President Trump. So Biden was very unimpressive. He did not do a good job. President Trump came out like a bull in the ring, and he was quite the fighter. America wants a fighter. told you all before, we don't want an altar boy or a choir boy. And again, I laugh, I find it very humorous that the powers that be 
We're so taken aback. Chris Wallace is the moderator. We're so embarrassed. They said that President Trump isn't presidential enough for, for them. What they're really saying in that sentence, I'll translate it for you as well. They're saying they can't control President Trump. Therefore, he's not presidential enough for them. Very interesting choice of words, my friends. We're so glad you're here tonight. We're going to have a lot of callers, I know, later on. We've got a good VIP guest this evening to talk about the debates. It's going to be an incredible show. And right now it's time for a show promo. Von Wehunt speaks truth to power. Von Wehunt speaks bluntly about the need to correct America's course quickly. No excuses for putting America first. Von Wehunt, the Barbarian, Thursday at 8 p.m. The Von Wehunt Show. Conversation and analysis of breaking news, geopolitical events, politics, history, and some fun, too. Von Wehunt is an astute observer of the human condition. Von Wehunt will cut through the political correctness and speak bluntly about the social, political, and economic demise taking place in America and around the world. Von Wehunt is a nationalist who, without shame, puts America first. Von Wehunt, the Barbarian. Thursday at 8 p.m. Now, our proud sponsor of the show is Wolf Studio Productions. Please contact Mr. Wolf at 480-271-4781 for your company or charity event or hosting or voiceover needs for your very special function. He also has got a great family book out called Buzz and Zip. This isn't Sebastian Gorka, but that's all right. I'm here to tell you about a brand new edutainment series. It's Buzz and Zip. The Two Flies on the Wall. They're incredible. They've got a brand new series that's come out in book form and downloadable book form, ebook, and also in audio book. It's a wonderful little tale. These characters like to go everywhere. They're kid friendly, well, kids of all ages anywhere. And as they go and take their adventures, there's always something new to learn when they go wherever they go. Get your book right now on Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble. Google Play, iTunes, and look for Buzz, B-U-Z-Z-N-Z-I-P-P. That's Buzz and Zip. They're ready. And now a message from the Trump campaign. This is an intelligence service announcement for those who have been paying attention and for those who have not. Facts. 300 miles of wall built so far and many promises kept. Wealthy pedophiles have been taken out. Sex traffickers being hit and taken down. Has taken out master terrorists. Has not started any war. He has rebuilt America's military forces to protect us from America's dark foes. He has brought jobs home from overseas and has ripped up and rewritten our country's lousy China trade agreement. Rewrote NAFTA and he is really just getting started. Donald J. Trump in 2020. Is there another logical choice? We know the answer to that, and that answer is hell no. Vote DJT in 2020. Thank you. Love that. And in other news tonight, my friends, in New York City, the broader commercial 
real estate market continues to implode and nowhere more so than the epicenter of New York City, where nearly 6,000 business closures have resulted in a 40% eruption in bankruptcy filings across all business districts of all five New York boroughs this year. A prestige bankruptcy law firm said that by late fall of 2020, coming up here in a few months, there will be an avalanche of bankruptcies. When the cold weather comes, they say that's when we will start to see a bigger surge in bankruptcies for New York City. It's on the slide up there. And unfortunately, very sad news that military suicides rise again in alarming 20% as top brass blame COVID stress. I don't think it's COVID stress. I think part of the problem with military suicides is all the information and all the uh, PC training. They made uh, the Navy SEALs now gender neutral. They're coming out with all this touchy-feely liberal Democrat psychobabble and these sensitivity classes And men that joined the military do not want to go to their stupid classes. That's the reason why they're not having a good time. Many men are becoming despondent. They're young. Maybe they don't have the coping skills or the thinking skills or the critical thinking skills yet in life to sort it all out. And so they basically off themselves. And we really really need to stop that and uh, find out some core reasons. That's my reason why I think at least a percentage of it is happening. I think a lot of these guys are going into the military. And like Saul Alinsky's book, The Rules of Radicals, always says you demoralize people, you desensitize them, and our military are demoralized by this constant banter of the Black Lives Matter movement, the leftists, the Antifa, the PC training, the gender-neutral training. It's not what military is for. I'll leave it at that. And today, how many people say nothing to their neighbors and colleagues about COVID-19 policies at work and at home for fear of being accused of not valuing human lives. That's the latest little wrinkle in our social evolution. And Ukraine authorities, for some of you don't know, the Ukraine's by Russia. So I will start again. The Ukraine authorities probe the likely murder, unfortunately, of a U.S. embassy staffer in Kiev Park. The American was found in an apparent beating death. Very serious with mysterious circumstances, they say. We will follow the story and report when the mainstream media will not do their jobs. And the U.S. military will be heavily involved in the distribution of this vaccine, supposedly. Breaking news I hear tonight is military personnel outnumbers civilian scientists in the U.S. vaccine program. So be watchful of that, Mr. and Mrs. America. And now political correctness has reached the Navy SEALs, as I was saying before. 
Now the SEALs have been forced to adopt gender-neutral language in their official ethos, pamphlets, things like that, guidelines. The troops reportedly called all a bunch of BS. They hate it. I hate it. And they are right. And now Kyle Rittenhouse will sue Joe Biden over the white supremacist campaign ad in the remarks that Joe made during the debate. And the Rittenhouse attorney allegedly said that he will rip Joe Biden to shreds over harming his client. Good for him and for Kyle. Kyle fought in self-defense against the leftist thugs trying to kill him, in my view, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Goldman Sachs to cut 400 jobs. The airline industry announced this morning will be cutting up to 45,000 jobs. Disney companies up to 19,000 jobs, I believe, worldwide. President Trump says that the Proud Boys should stand down and stand by. He's right. And also, they will let law enforcement work and do their job. Now, London court this week heard details. And this is a very strange story. A London court heard details of a CIA plot to poison Julian Assange and to steal DNA from his family members. A very strange story indeed. Apparently, eyewitnesses for a private security firm believed to be on the CIA payroll were issued anonymity by the court as they feared that they could be harmed. Wow. There's still that Julian Assange story out there lingering. And a suspect has now been arrested in the ambush shooting of L.A. cops. Thank God. His life prison, if convicted on all charges. I'm sure that will be a slam dunk case. Mr. McConnell says that he and the Democrat leadership are still very, very far apart on a new stimulus bill for the nation. Now, the House today passed a $2.2 trillion bill. The Democrats are trying to one-up everyone by saying that if you vote for them, that you will get more fiscal stimulus money and that it will be coming your way. We'll see about that. Folks, our proud sponsor is Wolf Studio Productions. They do a lot of promos and a lot of fun things for video and audio. Sounds a little bit like the news of ancient Rome and our Roman newsreader. And now the news from ancient Rome. From the house of Blog Talk Radio, under the protection of Pompey, Magnus, and Julius Caesar... The Roman Senate is in session tomorrow. Be aware, no dishonor will be tolerated. And now, by order of the Senate, Gaius Julius Caesar has decreed that the Von Wehunt show must be listened to each Thursday night at 8 p.m. All good Roman citizens are bound by this ruling and to do the enemies of the show harm, and only if they are able. Those that do not listen to the show will be considered enemies of Rome. 
Wolf Studio Productions will be supplying the show with great promos as well. The finery of Rome will be on display. No prostitutes. Actors or unclean tradesmen need apply. This is Roman decree for the Von Wehunt show. A public banquet will be held in his honor by Caesar and may the odds bless him and his listeners for a thousand years. Yes, love that. Now, a lot of folks are bickering on the news and the national news about the debates. And uh, look, I liked it. I thought it was raw. It's how DC really is behind those ivory towers and closed doors. Trump just simply cranked it up, got on that stage, and he kicked Biden's ass all over the place. And he wasn't going to pull any punches or be Mr. Nice Guy. Don't buy into this crap, folks, that uh, everybody wants a very nice and, you know, dignified debate between two statesmen putting forth uh, positions in a very tranquil and very cerebral way. Don't buy that BS, media BS. All the fake news. People want to see the rough and tumble. They want to see the gladiators fight. And the moderator, they don't ever have any control over debate anyway. They're there to ask questions at best. The moderator should shut up and let the two gladiators duke it out. There will be no control at these debates. Trump is a bull in a china shop, and that's why America loves him. We don't want a professional politician. How many times do I need to remind you this? We voted for him because we don't want an ultra boy. We don't want the choir boy. This is not the time in history to play nice with our enemies. It's not the time to play nice economically. We have a country to run, and things are getting to be like brutal Roman streets out there. And I... And my cadre are your Roman centurions. We have survived a hundred Roman wars and battles. We're here to talk about it. I would have done very well in ancient Rome. Or would have it been a Caesar or advise him. But yes, I am a Trump loyalist and damn proud of it. If you don't like it, then change the dial. Trump is the Caesar of America. His detractors see Trump's arrogance. I see Trump's confidence. Trump's enemies desperately want to see Trump's tax returns for their class warfare fantasies. I want to see more of Trump's patriotism and his love for the country. You hear Trump's unsophisticated words. I hear Trump's blunt honesty. To the American people, you like to make believe that Trump's a racist. I see Trump's words being misconstrued and constantly twisted by the corrupt leftist media daily to fit their anti-American narrative. You see Trump as a Republican only. And I see Trump simply as a patriot. You see Trump as a dictator. 
And I see Trump as a leader. You see Trump as an an authoritarian. And I see Trump as the only one, in my view, willing to fight for our freedoms. You see President Trump as uncouth and not civil and childish and maybe not presidential, quote-unquote. But I see Trump as a fighter, unwilling to cave in to the mainstream media lies and fake news. Trump's enemies see an unpolished politician. But I see Trump as a breath of fresh air who keeps it real. Because once again, we never ask for an altar boy or a choir boy or a professional politician. You think President Trump hates immigrants, but I know that Trump is married to an immigrant from Eastern Europe. You see Trump with a struggling economy, but I see Trump with an amazing economy until the rabid Democrats decide again to shut it all down. You see the violence in the streets, and you snicker and snark with your clever ways, and you call it Trump's America. But I see the violence in the streets of the Democrat-run cities who are refusing Trump's constant source of help, and Trump is offering to police their own streets. But the Democrat mayors and governors refuse. They refuse law and order, and we call that liberal America. I get it. You Democrats and some of you leftist independents, you want someone more slick. You want a professional politician, someone more presidential and dignified, you say. But I am happy to have someone who finally doesn't just talk the talk, but actually walks the walk. You and I, man, we just see things very differently. And that is okay, because I know that I am right and my audience is right, and you on the left are dead wrong. Yeah, we get the whole thing where people are saying they want a more dignified president or they want a more, you know, someone more presidential, et cetera, but the bottom line is, Trump is the president. He's doing a fantastic job for the country. Everyone knows it. We will take it as it comes in 2020. This has been an incredible year, a dark year. It's a dark night all over America. But we, my friends, are the dawn. So glad you're here tonight. We will start the show. Time to
Take it as it comes. We'll get to our board over here with some callers. Let's bring in our VIP guest tonight, Paul the Gladiator. How are you How doing are tonight, you? my friend? Good, man. I'm studying all the college electorate maps right now. <laughs> I love it, man. We've both been extremely busy. And what did you think about the presidential debate? I know we chatted about that a bit. Yeah, you know. What's your take? Well, they they were saying how Donald Trump interrupted Joe Biden seventy three times. So right. I replayed, I replayed the debate, and Joe Biden interrupted Donald Trump 53 times. But you'll never hear that from the Bolshevik media. So, right. you know, that's another, you know, 30% more aggressive on Donald Trump's side because he's 60% more aggressive than Joe Biden, and he was toning it down a little bit, I thought, you know. <laughs> Good point, right. Yeah. So, and you know, I've, I've been paying attention to the to all the states that do these blanket mail ballots without being requested. So the unrequested ballots, and um, and then and also those are the same states. Three of those states are the same states that have one Democratic senator and a Democratic governor. They're also the three states who are going to allow the mail-in ballots to come in after November 3rd. So Montana, which used to be a Republican stronghold, and thank God it's only three college electorate points, they are allowing ballots to come in 24 hours after Tuesday, November 3rd, so November 4th. Wisconsin is allowing the ballots to come in by Friday, November 6th, and Pennsylvania is allowing ballots to come in until November 10th. But here's where my opinion, based upon what I see out there, is going to happen. All three of these states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Montana, 
I don't have Trump winning them anyways. For the simple fact that they have a governor that's Democratic and one senator that's Democratic and only one senator that's a Republican. So as I look at all the maps and I go blue and red and purple, I take a look at the purple states. And by the way, Florida is not purple. Florida is solid red. Governor, two senators, and that's leaning Trump again anyways. So they think mm-hmm. that Florida, you know, the media is saying how Florida is a battleground state because it has 29 points, but Trump has those locked up. And Ohio is not a battleground state at all. Um, that's, a, that's a Republican governor and one Republican senator. That's a leaning to the right side state anyways. But I have Trump losing Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Montana. Uh, he's winning Florida. I have him winning West Virginia, winning Alabama, winning Arizona, winning Ohio, and basically he wins the election. And even though the states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Montana are not going to call the race on Tuesday night, Trump is still going to hit 273 before Washington, Oregon, California, and Nevada in Pacific time before they even announce anyways. So as long as he wins Arizona for the 11 electorate points, as long as he wins Arizona, he's going to win Utah, he should win Idaho, um, That'll call the election, and then the Democrats will say, well, we don't know about Pennsylvania yet or Wisconsin or Montana, and California hasn't even – it doesn't – it's not going to matter. Once you get over 270 and over, you win, you know? Right. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if anybody was paying attention in 2016, but on election night, they called 306 for Trump and 232 for Clinton. And then it was adjusted 48 hours later for 311 for Trump and 227 for Clinton because um, they had the split districts of Maine and Nebraska. And Trump ended up taking the additional two from Maine and the additional three from Nebraska, and that was the five-point difference. Um, right. So – yeah, so, you know, it doesn't matter what the media is going to do. I'm, I'm just in hopes that the Trump campaign is smart enough to attack Little West Virginia. That's five points. Alabama for their nine points. Um, they should hold Ohio for the 18 and us for 11. And that 42 points makes the complete difference in this election because – you know, Nancy Pelosi said today, you know, if, it, if it's a tie, then we're just going to elect in the House. We're just going to elect Joe Biden. And McCarthy was in front of a, a microphone today saying, hold on, people. You don't even understand what your what your delegate map is, is about. Right. The Republicans have more states with U.S. representatives over Democrats, so that they have a 26 House delegates that are Republican states. 22 are Democratic. Yes, they have more people in Congress in the House because they have so many from California and so many from New York and so many from Illinois, but the state only gets one vote apiece. And, and the media today was like, 
they didn't even understand what McCarthy was saying today. Right. Like, no, if it's a tie, Biden wins. No, if it's a tie, Trump wins because the 26 of us, once we all vote, one vote each, each state, then Trump becomes the president. There are 22 states that are Democrat, and then one reporter asked, what about the other two states? That's only 48. And McCarthy said, yeah, there's two states where it's a tie, equal amount of Republicans, equal amount of Democrats. There is no vote from those states. But it doesn't matter. We have 26 out of the 50. Unless you, unless you have, he said to one reporter in the hallway microphone, unless you plan on making Washington, D.C. a state before the election, which is what Nancy Pelosi wants, and we're That's not right. going to allow that. Yeah, she's no. trying to get any, any way to try to get an edge, but because she knows she doesn't have the edge, or she doesn't even understand House delegates on a tie on the college electorate. She might not even understand it. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, they came out and they said that the Democrats, yeah, they want D.C. to become a state in Puerto Rico and Guam. So that's going to be, if they win, they'll make a big big move to make them states and to get rid of the Electoral College. That's their agenda. Right. And pack the court. And then uh, then, uh, one of the reporters said, well, Nancy Pelosi suggested that possibly the governors could help break the tie. And McCarthy said, yeah, that's really going to work. We have 26 Republican governors and 24 Democrats. That doesn't work for the Democrats <laughs> either. He said, And he said to the reporter, tell Nancy to come up with another formula. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, I like your analysis. Very, very good. Very well thought out. Yeah, I go through this, you know, every other night I'm going through it. And, and I'm always getting the leaning electoral map updates uh, and, and looking at the toss-ups, you know. And then right. I, think I, sent you a message, I think I sent you a message earlier. Another interesting point, and the, and the Democrats are freaking out. Now they're sending everybody door-to-door today. I wish the Republicans didn't announce this. But they actually – uh, in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, they registered more new Republicans than the Democrats have registered of new Democrats to vote November 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, so now, now it looks like they're going to go pound doors. But, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny. In both states, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, I gave them up. In my electoral map, I gave them up. I mean, and, you know, Trump could still win them, but, uh, you know, I simply said, you know what, if they're going to cheat in Pennsylvania, and with all the riots in Wisconsin, I gave him up, because he, he keeps Florida, and that crosses out Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Florida's worth 29 points. Wisconsin it and sure Pennsylvania's does. worth 70. Yeah, it's a wash. And, um, you know, giving up Montana and their three points, Alaska washes out Montana, and Alaska is not going to report until November 4th anyways because they're, they're an hour behind the West Coast anyhow. So, That's right. you know, the, Dem- the Democrats are wishful thinking. I, you know, I think, I think Biden had two nice gaffes. Um, when he turned 
to Wallace, who's basically a Democrat who works for Fox News. Um, right. When uh, when he turned to him and he said, you know, I can't get an edge, I can't get a word in edgewise with this clown. And Wallace didn't even say, you know, sure, watch watch your name calling. He didn't call you any names. But Wallace didn't say that. Um, right. And then, and then Biden was trying to push this agenda on, you know, the words that Trump never said, calling military who died losers. Um, right. And he was saying, my, my son's not a loser. And and he said, well, your son took $3.5 million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow for right. one, of, one of Putin's puppies. And then he called him a Putin puppy, but then then you know he said no no my my son Bo not uh, not my other son but Bo Hunter you know did, was never in the military and and Trump said no mm-hmm. he was in the military he was dishonorably discharged from becoming a drug addict in the military and then you got him on the board in Ukraine on the board in China and then he got three point five million from the mayor of Moscow and Biden got you could tell he got really upset and looked down on his papers because there was nothing written on him about this. And he said, my son Hunter had a drug problem. I helped him out of that. Wait a minute. So so he's a former drug addict, and once you're a drug addict, I think you're always a drug addict. I do too. On, yeah, who was on Air Force One, getting on the board of 12 Chinese companies on, you, on our <laughs> government's tax time, then getting on Burisma, the energy company in Ukraine on our tax time, and who knows – probably on our tax time to Moscow to get $3.5 million in a bank wire transfer from the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, you know, how the media doesn't jump on this, I, you know, it's just unbelievable. They don't want to, man. They don't want to. It's not part of their agenda or narrative. But even like, even independent reporters, you would think would want to jump on this story just to see what's going on. Like, Okay, what bank? Give me a copy of the bank transfer. Somebody's got a copy of that bank wire mm-hmm. transfer. It's got to come I out. I think the media, okay. Paul, I I think they are just so they're, – they're all drinking the Kool-Aid there in the Beltway. They're the elite prestige of Washington, D.C. press corps. They're all Democrats, and they're not going to do anything to tip the election, and they're not going to go after Hunter. Hunter can do whatever he wants. They will not chase him or look for anything. It's not curiosity killed the cat. They are just all true believers, and true believers won't go after their uh, party. They'll do everything to, to um, protect Hunter Biden. It's the sins of omission. It's not always what you do. It's what you don't do. And you're right. They're not going to go after Hunter, man. That's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah, My two cents were – I mean, I get what you're saying, though. I really, really do. It's not going after Hunter so much as it's it's saying to the American public who last voted for a Republican president, look, the son of this candidate was given preferential treatment way beyond what you would ever receive – and has gotten preferential financial treatment by our our quote unquote enemies, right? Because 
Russia's not enemy. We don't declare war on Russia, but the media declares war against Russia if anybody has anything to do with Russia, right? Mm-hmm. And, right. But China, China is our enemy, um, but the media won't declare them our enemy, right? I mean, they right. sent in the China virus to kill our economy, to kill Trump, because Trump killed them. The one thing I was surprised that Trump didn't bring up because Joe brought up China first, and right, um, me, me, and and my good friend, I was over his house watching it. We were like, he just brought up China. Come on, Trump, mention how thirty thousand of the factories were given to China during the eight years of Biden Obama, because Joe Obama mm-hmm. gave them all of our factories, and then Trump got them all back. 28,000, not quite all, but we, we just built 28,000 factories in the first three years of Trump's presidential first term. 28,000 factories. And people like, they, you know, it's a hard number to conceive of, but if you just multiply it, it's like 1,000, you know, 1,000 factories in 28 states. I mean, it's not hard right. to think of building 300 factories a year in only half the states in the country. It's not that hard, especially when they can you can put up buildings in Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and Southern California super fast. You don't have to dig a basement. You just that's just right. Down, you're good to go. That's I mean, right. Very fast. That's why the Southwest is growing, man. A lot of workers, a lot of cheap land. Oh, yeah, you can build and build. I keep telling folks that I bring up that story where I knew a few businessmen that went over to China, and they went into a few of the boardrooms there in China with uh, an actual Chinese general on one of the board, and they have a map of America. And he's a good friend of mine, known for 20 years, and they've got little red pins in America. Those are industries or factories that are closed and that business has been transferred over to China back in the day. And not that long ago, mind you, we're talking maybe six, seven, eight years ago, you know, prior to a Trump taking office. I think it's been in reverse now, but he said that was real sobering to look at these hundreds of little red pens on the map of America. Our right. factories have been sent all over the world. And this idea that, that manufacturing is dead as a bunch of bunk, Paul. You know, I mean, I mean, there will always be a need for factories and large-scale production facilities to build stuff. I mean, we're humans. We we like stuff. We need stuff. We need planes and trains and automobiles and all the consumer goods. There will always be a need for this idea that you know we have a service sector or an information economy only is crazy. I mean, the, the, there's real wealth in manufacturing. What are your thoughts about that? I kind of morphed into a different subject there, but well, you I know, thought it was that, worth the a shot. Yeah, that's, that's how Trump uh, got the unemployment rates for Hispanics and blacks and whites yes. I mean, across the board. That's how he got those unemployment numbers down so low, super low, record lows, because of all the factories that were built and all those factory, you know, floor jobs were taken up by non-college degree, mostly non-college degree high school grads 
but non-college degree individuals who had a good paying job. And, you know, Joe Biden says, oh, well, we'll just go with the new Green Deal. It's $100 trillion. Yeah, we'll tax you 5000 a year for the rest of your life on top yeah, of my exactly. $20 tax, but you'll have a good job. Well, what job will we have? Versus all the jobs that Trump already brought back, and everybody had money in their pocket. Nobody was complaining mm-hmm. that they couldn't pay the electric bill. Everybody had a good paying job. This fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage is like you know it's not going to happen. And these people were getting seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty dollars an hour, having a nice forty hour work week. Uh, they had employee benefits. They had they had health plan dental plan, and two weeks vacation a year of paid time off. That's a good job in America for somebody with a high school degree. That's 40000 a year at $20 an hour. Yeah, it is. Benefits. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you had the benefits. You're talking 48000 a year. That's with right. Vacation. I mean, if you can't, if, you know, and, and okay, if you have two or three kids, then both people have to get, you know, wife and husband have to get that oh, job. Oh, sure. Sure. That's okay. That's eighty thousand gross. You're gonna net sixty five, maybe sixty eight with all the tax benefits for married couples with children. And if you can't afford a home and pay your bills and you have two nice running cars, you don't have to drive Mercedes Benz. Just you know, right. get a Chevy, get a Ford, get a truck right. and a and a four door sedan, and you can still put away ten thousand dollars a year for your retirement and for your college education funds for your children. And if you can't, then you're just living too good. You can't live in Beverly Hills on the 40 or 80 for a, for a two-income household, you know, $1,000. You're not going to live in Beverly Hills. Get over it, you know. But if you plan well, right. you can retire and you can still send your kids to college. So, you know, tell them to knuckle down, get good grades. If they get academic, half of the academic scholarship – you pay the other half. You know, they're going to have to work hard, too, in America because they're not going to be given college unless, you know, Bernie Sanders gets elected sometime in the next eight years when he's 90. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, Biden's got empty ideas, um, just like he thinks Antifa is an empty idea instead of a, a domestic terrorist group. I don't even think he understands that it means anti-First Amendment. Antifa, and, and the Antifa symbol was on all those protest signs that came out of the U-Haul trucks in Wisconsin. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was surprised. Now, if I was Trump, I would have said, what do you, 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 what do you mean it's an idea, Joe? Antifa, Antifa symbols were on all the signs that came out of the U-Haul trucks at the Wisconsin uh, rallies that turned, yes. instead, of, instead of peaceful protest, they turned into domestic terror fire and bullets. So what do you mean it's an right. idea? They're an actual terrorist group, Joe. So, somebody That's just right. video, you know, and turn to Chris Wallace and say, Chris, you have video of the Antifa sign on those protester signs coming out of the U-Haul trucks, I'm sure. Can you please oh, yeah. play it for Joe? So Joe doesn't think it's an idea. So Joe believes it's an actual terrorist group. You know that blew me away when Joe Biden said Antifa is only an idea, America. 
Yeah, with all the riots and the Molotov cocktails and the fires burning. Talk about Nero playing his heart, man. That's Joe Biden. Talk about having your blinders on, your head in the sand. I would if I was Trump, I would have just blurted out, "Where in the hell have you been?" I would have just right. cut through and said, "Where have you been all freaking summer?" I mean, this has been raging, and they've been leading the charge. You got radical BLM; they're a Marxist group. You've got the Antifa leftists; they're communists. They have the Soviet flag. They have the A for the anarchist symbol. But by and large. People get into the semantics or the minutia. In it, in my view, the weeds. They'll say, "Well, that guy's not really Antifa. He's really an anarchist." I go, "What's the difference?" Okay, seriously, there's not that much difference. It's only names. Only they're both torching buildings. They're both overturning cars. They're both attacking the police. Both of those guys in Portland, especially in Seattle, they're attacking passers-by and the innocent people. So there's not a whole lot of difference between a radical BLM and Antifa or an anarchist. So that's another dumb leftist argument that no matter what you point a finger at, they then go to code it like, oh, that's not really what, what that is. I'm like going, I would tell Joe, you mean my eyes betray me? <laughs> Everything I saw last summer was not real, man. Really? Your right. thoughts, Paul? <laughs> I mean, come on. You say tomato, I say tomato. They say anarchist, we say Antifa. It's the same thing. Yes, right. Same um, thing. Not that it's it's one one degree of difference, right? So, I also uh, you know and. and Obviously, they're under they're under pressure, and, and, and it's a lot to go through when they're in a debate. I get it. But when Chris Wallace um, turned to both Trump and Biden and were talking about uh, the protest, and then Biden said, well, Antifa is just an idea. Even your FBI director said that the white supremacist groups are the real terrorists and that Antifa is not a terrorist group. Honest, I wish this right. would have happened. I wish Trump would have turned to the TV camera and said, you're fired. I'm hiring a new FBI director tomorrow. I didn't know you said that. I mean, he's known for, he's known for saying you're fired from The Apprentice. That would have been classic. You're fired. I'm hiring a new FBI director tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like that would have been the thing to do, right? Oh, can and, you uh, imagine? Yeah, I can't. That's all because I, I was thinking he should have done it when it was going on. Um, That's awesome. You know, the and I don't know where he got this FBI director from, but he should be fired because I saw him testify at Congress and say those words. The largest I saw that too. Yep. Are the white supremacist groups. And then, you know, it, when uh, when Chris Wallace said, "Why don't you know to Trump? Why don't you, you know, tell the white supremacist groups to stand down?" Trump should have then turned to Chris Wallace and said, "Why don't you tell that man over there, Joe Biden, to tell Antifa to stand down?" 
If he says stand right. down to Antifa, if it's just an idea, then he'll say Antifa stand out. If it's just an idea, that means he's not telling anybody to stand down. So say Antifa stand down, and I'll say white supremacist groups stand down. Joe, what do you got? Right. Joe, are you And I would have uh, told – awesome, Paul, you're right. And I would have told Joe, uh, Joe Biden – Hey, man, you're always talking about these white supremacist groups. It's just an idea, bro. They're not really out there. It's not really real. <laughs> Throw it back in his face, you know? Yeah. Have some fun yeah. with it. And the thing is that – oh, sorry. The uh, thing is that the uh, there's a lot of groups in America. I mean, you've got black supremacist groups. You've got leftist supremacist groups. Uh, talk about a superiority complex. That's the Democrat Party. They're so unfit to rule, they think they should rule the whole nation 24-7, every state, every village, every town and city. But this idea that um, all that's okay, but God forbid in America, if you're a white nationalist, God forbid. I mean, that's like saying you're Satan or Hitler. To those people, it's like you can tort cities, you can burn down Minneapolis, you can march in the street, you can break glass, you can hit people, kill people, you can have 100 days of riots in Portland, but God forbid if you call yourself a white nationalist. That's where we're at. Yeah, and also um, the young Republicans – are at every major university in the country. And mm-hmm. the one of the House representatives came out and said, we want the Justice Department to investigate the young Republicans because we think they're a terrorist group because they gave half the money they raised over the last 60 days on these campuses to Kyle Rittenhouse's defense fund if he ends up being extradited to Wisconsin, because he's still in Illinois. Right. Um, I can't believe they're calling out young college students and young Republicans as a terrorist group, the Democrats. Yeah. Yeah, and if 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 Biden wins, Paul, they're going to say that they're going to try to outlaw the Republican Party. They're going to try to outlaw anybody again that is right of center, any group, and they'll label every group. Uh, and first of all, there's nothing wrong. I will be very, I'm very bold, as you are on the show, and I will tell folks there's nothing wrong. Inherently wrong with being a white nationalist. All that means is that you want a country for yourself. I mean, it's called separatism. Uh, This country will balkanize at some point anyway. It doesn't mean that there wouldn't be minorities in a white nationalist country or region. It just means that in case of an implosion or collapse of America, God forbid, no one wants that, that there's groups that would that have their own vision of where they'd like to live and what they'd like to do. Let's face it. I would take the argument and throw it back in their face again and go, you're telling me that 
multiculturalism, that all this diversity training has been good for America? You're telling me the BLM, all these radical groups are good for America, marching in our streets, marching up to, you know, just couples and, and uh, having lunch or brunch and yelling at them and screaming at them at gunpoint or, you know, throwing a sign in their face. That's supposed to be good. That's been elevated. But, uh, and so, yeah, so I don't think that these constant harping in corporate America and now the military I mentioned earlier in my monologue about the Navy SEALs, all the gender neutral, all this PC crap in this country is not good. So that would be my argument to the president. I'd say when they ask you that question, flip it on them, man. I don't, uh, you know, you know, just change the whole narrative and go, what you're really saying is you guys think that all this multicultural stuff is great in our military. And it's not look, everyone knows we're the most multicultural country in the world. You know, newsflash America. I mean, they're already here, and uh, it is what it is, you know? What are your thoughts, Bo? Yeah, exactly. And here's what I would say uh, to take it a step further. First of all, white people don't have to apologize for being white. We didn't do anything wrong, okay? Just like black people don't have to apologize for being black. And... There's a lot of black nationalists who are backing Donald Trump right now. If you watch Fox News, you'll see a a number of well-educated former Democrats, black men and women who are backing Trump because they want our country first. They are nationalists. They say America first. Look how good America first worked. When Trump got the economy back, that you know the best economy, he didn't get the economy back. He got back what Biden gave away with Obama, and then supercharged it into something that nobody ever knew was going to happen. So, you know, if you can imagine where we would be without China's COVID nineteen virus, I think the Dow Jones would be at thirty six thousand, and this would be worse than Reagan versus Dukakis. This, this could have been a potential – every state except California, Illinois, New York going to Trump. I mean, it would have been insane without the COVID-19 yeah. virus, right? So, right. You know, and, and then after all the cultural different candidates that the Democratic Party had, they had Yang, Asian. They had the woman from Hawaii, right, indigenous, uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. Uh, so you had black African woman, black African man. You had a gay mayor from Indiana, Buttigieg. And then you had right. a bunch of old white guys and one old white woman. And the three oldest people, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders, the three oldest white people were took the lead and kicked everybody else out. And that's who they gave us. They gave us the oldest white guy as their candidate, 77 years old. If he gets elected, he would be uh, sworn in as a 78-year-old man because he turned 78 before January 20th, and he would be the oldest president ever to be sworn into office. 
Contrast that with Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter just turned 96 years old today. Wow. The difference, the difference between 78 and, and 96 is 18 years. If you take mm-hmm. 18 years off today, then Jimmy Carter would have been president to make it equated in 2002. Jimmy Carter was sworn in in 1976, 26 years yep. before that. So you're taking this old man and making him president. He can't survive past 80. So basically, I think Trump should actually say this in the next debate. So, Joe, let me get this straight. If you win, if you win, then you would be inaugurated at 78 years old, which means in two years, when you turn 80, you're going to turn over to Kamala Harris let her become president, because you'll remember less at 80 than you do now, then she's going to make Nancy Pelosi the vice president and Bernie Sanders the secretary of state and Ocasio-Cortez as her chief of staff. So basically what you're saying to America is, elect me, and you can have Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, and Ocasio-Cortez. They will run the government for you in two years. Right. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Crazy, I man. The, I think that's the... We I think don't want the that. We can't, afford, we can't afford any of that. No. And remember, no. Kamala Harris was the co-signer with Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders for the New Green Deal. She was one of the constructors of that New Green Deal. All three of them. Kamala Harris... Bernie Sanders and Akashia Cortez. Right. They were the three leading yeah. people on that. Yeah, mm. along with the Somali woman from Michigan. The The Democrats so, are a mess, and their ideas are terrible for the country. Just terrible. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh. And I love, I love how yes. Trump said that at the Minnesota rally yesterday. Which is a state I don't think he can he can win at all. I wouldn't even right. go into Minnesota. If I were him, I would sit my ass in Ohio and Arizona, and and just block block Biden out. That's another twenty nine points between Arizona and Ohio, and and just make sure you right. get West Virginia and little old Alabama. You can't forget about Alabama and West Virginia. I, I think this whole this whole election comes down to Arizona, Alabama. West Virginia and Ohio. That's it. Give them mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Give, yeah. them, give them Wisconsin. Give them Montana. Just keep those four. Uh, but he was in Minnesota and he was talking about, I forget her name, the Somali refugee who got elected to Congress there in Minnesota. Omar. Omar. So Same thing. He said, right. <laughs> and he said, look. I'm all for legal immigration, right? Like you said, he married a legal right. immigrant, right? Yes, so he did. He's, I'm for legal immigration. He goes, but if, but if you elect Biden, he will make Minnesota a refugee camp for Omar to rule over. And look, she's in Washington telling us how to run our country from Somalia. That's right. That's a disgrace. I know. Terrible. <laughs> And, and it's she was unbelievable. Yeah, she was given a gift by Obama. 
for even being brought into the country, and she's trying to change our country and make it Somalia because that worked out so darn well over there. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we'll end it right there. Uh, folks, you were listening to our VIP guest, Paul the Gladiator. Paul, stick around for a while, man, if you, if you got time tonight. We're going to get yeah, some more right, callers on, and then we'll have some final words from you towards the end of the show, okay? All right, man. You got it. I'm here. Awesome, man. Thank you. That's Paul the Gladiator, our VIP guest tonight. One of our more traditional shows with our great cast of characters. I have the smartest listeners in the entire radio stratosphere are on this show, and they're the smartest and the best. And um, Paul's a good friend. A very good analysis of the election. Love it. We'll uh, break for a few messages. We'll come back here in a moment with some more callers. They're in the queue. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're coming back here momentarily. Thank you so much. Hey, do you love live, raw, and unfiltered radio such as this show? If you like what you hear on the Von Wehunt Show, but for reasons known or unknown, you do not want to divulge who you support and or sponsor, just know that we get it in this crazy, politically correct world that we find ourselves living in. Rest assured that you can be a secret donor and sponsor to the Von Wehunt Show. Von loves donations from his fan base to pay the radio show costs and to keep the lights on in radio-free Western America. Simply go to PayPal.com or Facebook or Patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, or Zelle, which is used by Bank of America to securely donate to the cause. And keep this wonderful radio program alive and going at full steam ahead as we damn the torpedoes. Patreon.com is a unique site for creative artists, and Zelle is spelled Z-E-L-L-E and is very easy to use as well. You can even contact Vaughn at all one word, Show at gmail.com for any and all advertising questions or inquiries. Thank you for those who have been supporting the Von Wehunt Show and to all the newcomers. Live free or die, America. The choice is yours. And let the Von Wehunt Show light the torch and the way forward for all. The Von Wehunt Show, this is episode 18 tonight, folks. America on fire, October 1st, 2020. Will there be an October surprise this year? Well, there may be. Heard there was some breaking news tonight, and I think there will be this fall. You have entered the legendary Von Wehunt Show. The Pirate Radio Show is aired every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. for a two-hour broadcast from my underground mountain stronghold deep in the mountains of Arizona. Pirate Radio at its best, America. Cult Radio like no other. And the great sponsor of the Von Wiet Show is Wolf Studio Productions. Please reach them at bgw.advo. It's A-D-V-O at gmail.com or dial on your rotary phone circa 1975 
480-271-4781. Or that could be your brick phone or your flip phone from the 1990s. And under the direction of Vaughn Weehunt, we will commence bombing tonight on the North Vietnamese uh, Communist forces. Our B-52s are airborne, uh, arriving at their destination targets. Communism be damned, we must prevail. And God bless America. The minute you walked in the joint, I could see you were a man of distinction, a real big spender. Good looking, so refined. I figured that you're the Muriel, the God-smoking kind. So let me get right to the point. You're right in style when you're in Muriel's company. Crowd. Pick one up and smoke it sometime. This is Arnold, and I'm saying I've played the Barbarian before. Here's the real one playing on the radio right now. He's playing for you, playing for everybody who's listening, not only in the, the United States of America, but around countries all over the world. I like to do it after eating something, grab me some food, and then I sit down and I listen to what's going on. And I say, yes, get him, barbarian, get him. Let them know. You tune in to the barbarian, Van Weehunt. It's on right now. He's on all over the world. Make no mistake about it. It's the Von Weehunt Show, and it's on with Vaughn. Well, looking at the events happening all over the world, you can truly say this is some weird, wild stuff. But now, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Von Weehunt Show. Here is Von Weehunt.
love this 1980s version of Somebody to Love. Before that, that was the Joker, the great actor Cesar Romero from the Batman series Laughing at Joe Biden during the debate. Let's go right now to Brett the Surfer, surfing off the Mexican coast. Brett, how are you doing tonight, my friend? How are you, Vaughn? <laughs> doing doing great, good, man. man. Did you watch yeah, the debate? Enjoying life. Oh, yeah. Nice. Just shush. You're a clown. <laughs> uh, that was my take on it. Things. Joe Biden's exactly. a clown, so I thought I'd play the Joker. Exactly. You got my yeah, yeah. <laughs> my boys were joking about that. You know, we were kidding around with my five-year-old twins and, uh, you know, telling them to shush and saying, you're, you're clowns, you know. <laughs> they just got the right, out of that. Right. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. The whole thing is just, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of, I mean, really, that was our debate. I mean, wow. It's interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I know that uh, I know the things that I believe in that that we believe in that that you preach on your show and and that's mm-hmm. that's you know that that's what you know that's why I know who I'm voting for you know <laughs> so right and and you're yeah. you're the same I'm sure you feel the same and everybody I think had already uh, everybody I don't think that's going to sway anybody uh, you know their decision making so. You know, it was it was uh, kind of just like a play, an hour and a half long play, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. That's a great way to put it. It was uh, like a Roman play or a Greek play, played out in front of us. And to me, it was a it was symbolism. Of that's how Washington D.C. is, folks. A lot of name calling. I'll never forget the uh, course I took at Purdue University in politics. One of the I had a great professor who actually had newspaper clippings from 1755 in the colonies, 1770, 1780, uh, 1790, and so on through the decades. And it's amazing all the accusations, the mudslinging. We act like this is new. This is nothing new. This stuff has been going on for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, in the days Rome, they would they would knife you if you were Julius Caesar, right? Now yeah. we um, called the, the other candidate a, a clown show or something, but it was really cool, <laughs> Brett, because he he was showing what the editorial writers were saying about Washington or Jefferson or Adams, and really and truly, nothing much has changed, man. We act no, like it really is, not. but really, no, it's politics 101. You're dealing with human nature. That's what politics is, human nature. Yeah, I mean, people may think, well, we're more civilized now, you know, but not not really, not not, uh, not really at all. <laughs> so we're, well, we have more, it, we really, have more tech, technology, but we're not more civilized. Oh, no. In fact, the yeah, uh, yeah. 20th century was the bloodiest century I think it recorded world history ever. Yeah, yeah. We were born We're last true. century in the 20th century of world history. Yes. Yeah, it's gonna. I. It's. It's just interesting time. It's. It's seriously. It's really. We're damned if we do. Damned if we don't. Uh, you know, because 
I think if, when Trump gets in, what's going to, I mean, I, I, I kind of predict there'll be more of these shootings. Like they've been talking a lot about the Vegas shooting, um, this, right. uh, things like that, uh, which you really look at that. There's something really wrong with that whole thing. You know, one guy and oh, totally with 23 guns and nobody saw Come anything. On. And you know, but the Manley uh, Bay massacre—they're trying to hush it. They want us to forget about it. But on my show, we're going to keep bringing it up. The Manley Bay massacre in Las Vegas, and we haven't been told the truth about that at all. No, and they killed no, many I, Americans, I, and that was a, either a psyop or a secret intelligence gun running deal that went south. But the bottom line is, it was obviously planned because they knew when yeah. the concert was going to be there. I don't believe Paddock did all that damage for a second. Too many calibers, too many witnesses, mm-hmm. and some of the witnesses right after were killed. That's a fact. Yeah. Now, who killed yeah, them? And it's, it's accidents, quote it's unquote. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, quote unquote accidents. It's like nine eleven. There were several different witnesses, you know, that were that were they taken killed out. Them too. And and it's CIA yeah. or it's Mossad or it's other secret intelligence agencies or I mean, I have a feeling I know what happened there, but I'm not going to say right now. I'm still doing research on it. But um, I've got a few people that want to come on the show maybe and talk about it. We'll see. But I've had one that came on, Patriot Lisa from the Las Vegas Strip. And uh, mm-hmm. she was there. Oh, yeah, I heard her. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was really, really good. But, yeah, that that to me is um, – we're not going to sweep that under the rug. It happened on American soil, and I am a nationalist, so we're going to talk about it. You know, and the Americans – and that was a – you know, country western concert. Come on, man, that's a pro-Trump rally almost, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was just a, it's 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 not only that, but the the shootings that were happening almost every day, almost every day to instill the fear and the guns are bad, you know. And, and we gotta. Can you imagine what would happen? I mean, and the, the other thing is, if Let's say uh, hypothetically that uh, Biden gets in. I mean, you you're going to see things just that the Second Amendment is that going to is that going to are they really going to escalate things and and go door to door? Are they going to say, listen, all guns are outlawed now? <laughs> you know, um, right? Very very uh, scary, you know, each way, you know, and you just you just. Uh, but I know we know the way that the country should go, and and and. Uh, the things that have been done and that, that Trump has passed and what he's done. And I, I'm, you know, that, that's, that's where we should be going. Um, and uh, I'm sure you agree with me there. So <laughs> I do, man. I really do. And speaking of president Trump, I think it's time for another Trump campaign ad. Here it is, Brett. Just hang on. This is an intelligence service announcement for those who have been paying attention and for those who have not. Facts. 300 miles of wall built so far and many promises kept. Wealthy pedophiles have been taken out. Sex traffickers being hit and taken down. Has taken out master terrorists. Has not started any war. 
he has rebuilt America's military forces to protect us from America's dark foes. He has brought jobs home from overseas and has ripped up and rewritten our country's lousy China trade agreement, rewrote NAFTA, and he is really just getting started. Donald J. Trump in 2020. Is there another logical choice? We know the answer to that, and that answer is hell no. Vote DJT in 2020. Thank you. Love that, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's by Wolf Studio that's, Productions, man. They do a great job. Beautiful, beautiful. You know? It is, man. Yeah. That's, well, hang on, that's, Brett. That's, uh, we'll have you on at the end of the show here with the others. We're going to – right, uh, if you like those – thank you, Brett. If you like those retro shows, I'm sure you do, Brett, and everybody else, some of those retro movie trailers, I thought you'd like to hear this it's kind of uh, – from Retro Yesteryear. All right, close it up. We're moving out. All right, you heard the man. Let's move it. If you've ever wondered what hell was like, this is it. A world where men and women live like animals, and the only human emotions left are hate and lust. Chain gang women. They lived by one golden rule. Take what you want. When you leave, take me with you. I just got rid of one girl. Besides, it's dangerous with us. I don't care. It's worse than a prison here. Y'all just get out there and do a good day's work for the state. And we'll just get along fine. Funny how, man, daddy's changing here. Most important thing to use a bath. Next week, it'll be a can of warm beer. And if you was here long enough, the most important thing would be to get out. picture as shocking as it is true. Chain gang women. They had nothing to lose but their lives and yours. You know, honey, I could kill him or stick his eyes out and it wouldn't make the slightest difference. Can we have more movies like Chain Gang Women? God, I love that. Let's bring on the Irish Pirate tonight. He's been holding for a while. Somewhere in his stronghold in Phoenix. Irish, are you there? I'm at the stronghold, Von Wee Hunt. Nice. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, very happy. This is a new phone. Uh, my old one finally bit the dust, and my and so did my old phone company. So I went out and bought much better technology. I think I'm even sounding better than ever, and certainly you're coming in better than ever at my new stronghold. So, like it. Nice, um, nice. Got some comments about what we've heard already from our classic show that we've had tonight. Um, yes. Gladiator would. Yeah, when you're talking about things like what's the difference between the A, the B, and the R, which uh, uh, Matt Bracken 
uh, says is basically Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and Revcom, and, and everybody fits into those <laughs> things, you're, you know, that type of thing. Um, there was a joke told on the Bob and, Bob and Tom show a while back. I, I think it was in the 80s, and they put it on one of their best of comedy things where this guy was trying to talk between Iraq and Iran, and he couldn't figure out which one it was. So he just says, Iraq, Iran. Okay, I was off two hostages. <laughs> Same thing going right, for right. Black Lives Matter and, and you know, all this other stuff. So, okay, so I was off two burnt businesses. Big deal. Anarchy is anarchy. Ignorance of the law is ignorance of the law. And somebody's going to have to put their foot down once they get outside of a whole group of people that have been paid off by multi-multi-billionaires. You step into the area where we actually have to work for a living, you're in deep trouble. Because at least we spent a little bit of time gathering our Second Amendment self-defense of choice. And we'll yes. share it with you in a small sort of way. So that's my first comment there. Paul the Gladiator is right on on that. Um, unfortunately, I've been doing a little bit of thinking. Now, keep in mind, here's some backstory for what I'm going to tell you. I think you do know, number one, that I uh, used to work the elections here in Arizona. Um, yes, And I've done I everything did. in them except being the tech guy. We're talking all the way up to the marshal. So I have been in charge. I don't believe any corruption is going to get through at the district level. I don't believe that's possible. And, But we also know that, for example, Kirsten Cinema clearly something happened when she got elected. Let's put it that way. So corruption exists, but it's not happening at the lower levels. Well, nothing's ever changed. We can go back to a former show where I told you about a, uh, a banned book now called Vote Scam, the Stealing of America, which dealt about elections in, in uh, 1970, gubernatorial election in Florida, where a couple of pot-smoking, radical, college-going brothers decided that one of them would run to try and take on the local Democrat stronghold. And, of course, he didn't make it. But when they found out their first projection gave them 30% of the vote, they were so overwhelmed, they decided to say, I wonder who voted for us, because it didn't come out that way later. And that stumbled into the real facts that they quashed it, that they didn't you – know, they immediately used the projections to tell you to install the next governor. And right. So, that was interesting. Or I, 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 should, I said governor. I'm not sure if that was the seat they were running for. But anyway, um, so the vote scam stealing of America still happening today, just like it was in the 1970s. And then next, in 1994, when I was a Las Vegas dealer, despite the fact I used to have a clearance and probably could have gotten in trouble for saying it, I said, hey, who do you want for governor? Uh, $5,000, I'll deliver the goods. You want Mickey Mouse? I'll give it to you. I mean, that, and that was my attitude. I didn't know that the going rate back then was a million. I mean, maybe I could have asked for more and somebody would have believed me. But right. for sure, it required... Where did you uh, deal with cards at? Oh, I uh, broke Which in was at the Golden... I broke in at the Golden Gate and then I went to Samstown and uh, did the bare minimum there. Uh, I never made it past temporary status because uh, they loved my potential. But uh, in reality, it was very corporate. And then I, they moved me up to the Silver Nugget. Which uh, that, nice. that was a really bad neighborhood, really bad neighborhood, but it was cutting edge. Uh, first casinos used five times, ten times odds on craps. Silver Nugget was right there, and I was right on top of it. And so that was bringing in other dealers. A lot of people were running systems, and that's where I'm at my best. I can understand your system. I'm not going to let you miss your bet. 
I know it, right. I know it better than you do. I'm, I'm, and I'm excited to see you win. So, because I'm making minimum wage plus tips. <laughs> right. Let's go, baby. So anyway, <laughs> um, uh, the thing that happened in those days, I got what I expected. There was a power outage in Las Vegas for that election, right where they kept the main tallies of the votes. And that's what I'm worried about for this election, because I find it hard to believe that they suddenly came up with an emergency procedure to try and make mail-in ballots stick. I think that's something they want us to believe. If the deep state is running and they're willing to put in the kind of money that they are to subvert so many other parts of our society, if they want to change this election, they can go around shooting up uh, electrical power stations. You know, they could make sure that we don't have any electricity running in major poll areas where major swing votes are being taken. So I'm not buying that that Trump has got it under control and, and all these mail-in ballot craziness have it under control either. Like I, I think there's other people fighting for the same result, and I think they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Here's I, I my thing, Irish. Right. And a lot of these mail-in ballots are being mailed out unsolicited. Nobody asked them to be mailed out. They're being mailed out, and the Democrats know that's the only way they can win is by cheating the country. And come on, they are mailing them, as you well know, um, to dead people, to children, to nursing home people that have no clue what's right. going on. Some are too oh, young. Yeah. They, are, they are mailing multiple ballots to Democrat households, hoping somebody there will figure it out and go, let's mail them all in. You know, you and stuff going they through. want to count them all. You got some cutting. Go you got ahead. some cutting edge stuff going out right now. Project Veritas is on what they're doing in Minnesota, which is basically ballots for bucks. It's amazing, and they've got them yes. on tape, del- giving the money out. I mean, we're talking smoking gun. And then J- uh, James O'Keefe goes out and starts saying, "Okay, I'm not a sheriff or anything. I'm just a reporter." So is there anybody who wants to run with this golden information that's going to make you a hero? And they're saying, oh, there's this other department over here. You can go check them out. And he's running in circles because nobody wants to take the responsibility. And that's the right. And there are uh, at least four or five other states right now with some major stuff going on. Texas is what national file is exposed. Uh, Yes. There's some stuff going on in Pennsylvania that Trump is taking on personally because it was military. And that's something he wants to lock up tight. I get that. So, you know, he showed that the seven of the nine ballots that actually could be open so they could check all had Trump votes in them. But that's just seven votes. I know. Um, but I like the play. I, I mean, it's, it makes him look good. As far as the actual. Exactly. <laughs> as, as far it's as a the good play. Debate, now, as far as the actual debate, I got something there, too. On KFNX, our home station where we all grew up together. Yes. Uh, good station. I'm not particularly. I'm not particularly happy with the way they lean politically. And just right. before the debate, it was horrible. But then afterwards, it was amazing. They kind of went the way we're talking. And it blew my mind. So a guy calls up and he says, I know Biden's cheating. I know he's doing something. And he's turning to the left right before he starts speaking. He says, but I can't find anything. So I had to call up and tell him, this is where you look. <laughs> here's, where, here's where the packet is. It's nice. in the breast pocket. 
yeah, here's the, here's that little thing that they're talking to him, that, that uh, directional kind of like a reverse lavalier that's on his left wrist. It's all there. I mean, so oh, yeah, it's all there. Watch. We know. Yeah, I didn't even watch. We saw I it. We listened. know. Yeah, we saw it and we know. So I, I would freaked out when people would call up and say, I didn't see it. It's like, why exactly. did you see it? Wow. Yeah, you should have. At least he was expecting it, which I could appreciate. I know. God, so but, true. Irish, hang on, man. Appreciate you, as okay. always. Great, uh, great points as well. Let's bring on a uh, new caller. Is this Lincoln? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing tonight? Hey, great, great, oh, man. Good. What were your thoughts about the debate, my brother? Hey, man, brother, that debate for me was really hard to watch, man. I, I didn't think he was guided <laughs> all that well, honestly. I, I understand what Trump was doing. He came in there like, a, you know, the classic bull in the china shop, just the That's direct right. ball. Uh, yes. I mean, he went in there just like swinging for the fences immediately. I mean, I get what he was doing, but it was hard to watch, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I had warned people, if you're thinking that this debate is going to be a dignified debate between statesmen uh, of either party, you know, across the aisle kind of thing, it wasn't that good ever going to be like that because I know Trump and I know he wanted to F up Chris Wallace's little plot and plan because if you notice Chris Wallace that weasel I was actually covering for Joe Biden never really called out Joe Biden because Chris Wallace is a Democrat he's part of the mainstream Democrat Beltway East Coast media and Trump knew that so really Trump yeah, but Trump Trump goes, look, it's already two against one. I've got to come out swinging, you know. Got to. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. The whole, like the whole debate commission or whatever the hell they call it, the whole thing is, is very, very skewed. I mean, like it's like CNN, it's like blah blah, and then they have like, quote, quote, and I'm quoting here, right wing, Fox News, and it's like the Fox News moderator is. Jewish Chris Wallace. Uh, no, he's not right wing at all. He's very left wing, just like Donna Brazil, who works for Fox News. Fox News, but everyone says that they're right wing. <laughs> right. I mean, it. Yeah, Donna Brazil is Democrat as you can get. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one that she's the one that gave the debate questions to Hillary in 2016 when she was That's right for the DNC. And now she works for you Fox have a good News memory, sir. Absolutely. Network. <laughs> Fox is no longer a right-wing network. Right-wing. You know, I think Fox is what CNN was about 20 years ago. They, they've, they've actually News grown and like evolved and moved left, you know? Have you, been to, have you been to Drudge Report for the last year and a half? I mean, everyone thinks they're right-wing news, too, and, like, they're, like, MSNBC now, Drudge Report. They're like MSNBC now. That's right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One of the things I was going to I was going to talk to you about, man, was um, you know, one of the big things that got brought up in the debate that kept that kept like it really was like the big major news that kept getting talked about constantly um, was uh, the Proud Boys. You know the the group called right. the Proud Boys, and you know, sure. will you denounce the Proud Boys and everything? And Trump completely like evaded the whole question and refused to answer it, and kind of 
sidestep the question and wouldn't answer it. Well, I'm going to tell you, like, for all your, for, like, the people listening and you that aren't real familiar with the Proud Boys, I was one for two years. I was from 2016 to 2018. I was mm-hmm. in that group, and um, they kept labeling him. As a matter of fact, I have a tattooed on my left arm, but um, I'm getting it covered up because I left that group, and I just haven't done it yet. Um, but I attained mm-hmm. their highest degree. I was a, a loyal member, and we had monthly meetings and everything. You know what the you know what the Proud Boys are? The Proud Boys are a group of guys who wear Fred Perry polo shirts and MAGA hats. They have a monthly meeting where they get together amongst men, drink beer, talk about politics, play pool, play poker, uh, have dinner, talk shit, have a bonfire, and hang out. Um, It's funny that they kept labeling them as, you know, the way they were labeling them as white supremacist organization, things like that. I left the Proud Boys because they were way too liberal for me. Um, they started letting mm-hmm. in all these gay members. They started like they just like outright worshipped like blacks and Jews and like all these things that I wasn't really all that down for. So, and the Proud Boys like always were like yelling and bitching about like uh, Patriot Front and American Guard and all these groups like yelling. Oh, they're a bunch of Nazi white supremacists using the same language that Antifa uses to describe, describe Proud Boys. Proud Boys was using that same language as the left to describe any group further right than them. And so, bizarre. I ended up them because they were a bunch of. I ended up leaving them because they were a bunch of basically libertarians, <laughs> and now huh. they're labeled white supremacists. Well, tonight, tonight on Hannity, Trump actually denounced the Proud Boys. And called them white supremacists, I guess. And it's like Trump doesn't know anything about the Proud Boys. Like it's, they're actually a bunch of libertarians that like sit around and openly talk about how much they award. The, the, the president of the Proud Boys is a guy named Enrico Enrico Terrio, who's black. He is the president of the Proud Boys. It was founded by Gavin McGinnis. Yes, he stepped down over a year ago. It's been run by a black guy ever since. Hmm. But they're a the white, plot they're thickens. A white the plot thickens, man. I know. Well, on Yahoo News, I, before the show, I always check the headlines before I go on on the air. And Yahoo News was talking about the Proud Boys and how they're they've been just having thousands of, of hits on the internet and inquiries and phone calls about about guys that want to join the Proud Boys. You know, so I think they're probably yeah. a good group for some guys. I I'm 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 with you. I I don't think they're as sinister as the media likes to portray them. It's more like a social club, and I think regionally in the country, uh, it's gonna you know one one proud boys, you know chapter so to speak, maybe in Texas or Arizona may be totally different than a Proud Boys chapter, let's see, at the L.A. Beach or Seattle or maybe a more liberal place. So they have chapters everywhere, coast to coast, right? And that's what I've read, and that's oh, what I've always no, seen. They, so They have, they have chapters yeah. coast to coast. They have chapters in, they have chapters in uh, all across Europe. They have chapters of, of course, right. they had to go out of their way to make sure they established a chapter in Israel, of course. Um, they have chapters in Australia. They have... They have chapters everywhere, man. I mean, it's a it's a big organization, and and they 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 have like they have ten tenets they follow. 
like 10 they follow. Um, one of them is like multi completely opposed to any kind of white supremacy, racial, anything, blah, blah, blah. Like their seventh tenant is extremely pro-Israel. Um, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an extremely multicultural group that welcomes gays and everything else. The only rule to join the Proud Boys really is that you have to be a Western chauvinist, which means you're a proud patriot. The, the word chauvinist has been bastardized. The word chauvinist actually means extremely patriotic, which the Proud Boys I was in there with, I, I knew, I know lots of them. They were extremely patriotic. That's that's what chauvinist actually means. Instead of this, you know, everyone hears the word mm-hmm. chauvinist, they think it means beat the shit out of your wife. No, it, chauvinist means you're you're extremely patriotic. Um, mm-hmm. but, Lincoln, um, who funds the Proud Boys? Who uh, funds them? Do you think? Is it dues or what? I know exactly. You tell me. I, I know exactly who funds the. I know exactly who funds the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys. Okay. You, have to, you pay monthly. You pay monthly dues when you're in the Proud Boys. You, when you're, you're in the club, you pay a, you pay monthly dues that goes okay. towards you know that chapter's treasurer, and then right. so much money goes to like the national chapter, which they use to start their own stores to sell merchandise. Most chapters sure. have set up like online stores selling like 1776 shirts or Proud Boy shirts or Proud Boy hats, things like that. They fund themselves completely. Okay. Okay. All right. You pay, you, pay, you pay monthly dues. You, you pay ten, twenty bucks a month, or you know whatever your dues are. You have gotcha. thirty members. Makes and, sense. You know they pay you know twenty bucks a month, and then they use that money to create merchandise like you know koozies for beer or bandanas or whatever, and they sell it on exactly. you know, sell it in online stores and you know. Well, the leftist media so, in 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 this country really attacks the Proud Boys. If you were to listen to the Beltway media, our our mainstream terrible fake news. It's like you're listening to, um, you know, Hitler in the beer hall in Germany in 1935. But I'm like you. I haven't seen any of that in the Proud Boys, the ones I saw on a lot of newscasts lately. The ones in L.A., like you said, are multicultural. Uh, They're not all white. Uh, Maybe they started out in some chapters like that, but how they got that reputation when I've seen several Proud Boys that are not white that are on Twitter and other places. And I know you have too, and you're also saying that, that that was also your experience, right? I mean, I, I was the vice, I was the vice president of the chapter that I was in. Um, one of my best friends was the president. We, we all left like uh, pretty much the whole leadership thing chapter that I was in. We all left because it, just to be honest with you, it was, well, to be honest with you, we have, it was too degenerate for us. We weren't we weren't pro gay. We weren't pro transgender. We weren't we weren't pro like race mixing blacks everywhere. Like we didn't worship right. Jews. And everything. So we ended up leaving. Um, but anyone that's calling them, they have no idea what they're talking about. They like they trip over themselves like out of their way to try to try their best to recruit every black and gay person they can. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what I saw on the on the internet. I mean, I have heard of the Proud Boys for years, and and I know I've seen some videos that the left puts out there of all white guys maybe in Portland. But I know, like you do, I'm a well learned guy. I also know that that's not indicative of the entire organization. That, like you said, I totally agree with you, Lincoln. They are a multicultural organization, 
they're not a whites only group. And for the media to say that, again, it just shows how stupid the mainstream media is and how much fake news and crap they put out there for the digestion of the people. And that's just, they're so out of touch with reality. Once again, another prime example, which you brought up and showcased. I want to thank you for that, man. We're, we're, we're running low on time. Lincoln, thank you so much, man, for calling the show. Call back anytime, thank man. You appreciate you. Hey, hey, I got, hey, I got one more thing for you, Vaughn. Yeah. Hey, you should create an Go account for it. on uh, Parlor, man. Like, like me and lots of other people have been banned from every other social media network known to man. You should, you could, you should, you should create an account on Parlor. Like, it's actually free speech. <laughs> yeah, it's on my list. It is Parlor. You're, you're damn right about that. Thank you, Lincoln. Appreciate it, man. Have a great night out there. Good. You too. Lincoln's right about that Parlor, man. It's uh, I've been banned from Twitter four times. I've been in Twitter jail, and uh, I want to thank you all for being here tonight. Man, what a great show. One of my traditional Von Wehunt shows. We had Paul the Gladiator as the VIP guest. we got about three and a half minutes left, so we're running short on time, guys. But I want to thank everyone for being here tonight. My God. I want to read um, what a fan said. They sent me a piece of mail. This is by the Serpent Slayer. And I'll read part of it next week, too. He goes, whatever medium of art the Von Wehunt show is, I think you are an awesome show full of spontaneity. And I can tell you plan out the show. I think your show has that balance. Your show is like Led Zeppelin in its heyday. How about those apples? Technically brilliant. You are a master of your craft. Good songs. But the arrangements are great because they allow for improvisation. Like Led Zeppelin, you come prepared and ready for battle. But you aren't afraid to let people talk and see where things go. It's the perfect mix in tangent. Anyways, thanks for a great show. Sign the Serpent Slayer. Keep up the good work. MAGA 2020. Love that. Wish we had more time, folks. The debate was amazing and uh, not the ways you're normally accustomed to, but I enjoyed it. I enjoy the gladiators fighting in battle, locking horns, and telling it the way it is, and I'm glad that um, they had a chance to do that before these more draconian laws and rules start. That's life, as Frank Sinatra has always said. That's life. That's how it goes. We thank you all for being here. I'm signing off for my mountain stronghold, my wolf's lair. This is the Von Wehunt Show. Legendary, as always, the pirate radio show you love and the show your mother warned you about. Colt Radio, again, next week. Americans. We thank you. God bless you. And good night, and I leave you all with this. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. 
But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June I said that's life And as funny as it may seem Some people get their kicks Stomping on a dream But I don't let it, let it get me down Cause this fine old world, it keeps spinning around I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet A pawn and a king I've been up and down and over and out And I know one thing Each time I find myself Flat on my face I pick myself up and get back in the race That's life That's life I tell you, I can't deny it I thought of quitting, baby But my heart just ain't gonna buy it And if I didn't think it was worth one single try I'd jump right on a big bird And then I'd fly I'd be